What's up, guys? It's your boy, Johnny Bananas, and I'll be covering all the treachery, deceit, backstabbing, and murder from season two of The Traders U.S. on my podcast, Death, Taxes, and Bananas. I'll be joined all season by my fellow castmates to swap stories, provide all the behind-the-scenes antics, and sordid details from filming. So sally forth and join me for season two of The Traders every Saturday on the Ringer Reality TV podcast feed. This episode is brought to you by the new season of Love Island USA, only on Peacock. We got a text. On June 11th, the one and the only Ariana Maddox is hosting a new season of Love Island USA on Peacock. With a new villa, new bombshells, and drama on the daily, this is summer appointment viewing at its finest. Oh, and of course, Scottish sweetie Ian Sterling is on the mic to narrate every moment of the fun. Love Island USA starts Tuesday, June 11th at 9 p.m. Eastern with new episodes six days a week exclusively on Peacock. Visit PeacockTV.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. I know we just did like a really long episode on the Super Bowl, but I kind of feel like this is our Super Bowl because we have gathered here today to discuss the new documentary that you can watch on Amazon Amazon Prime Video called The Greatest Love Story Never Told, starring Jennifer Lopez with Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Husband, Ben Affleck. Amanda, there's just so much to discuss. Where would you like to be in? I thought this was exhilarating. That's where I'd like to begin, <laughs> is that Jennifer Lopez can make as many softly lit, self-produced documentaries as she would like, and I will watch all of them with fascination and joy. I am totally entranced by her and her presence and the world that she has created around herself and the story that she is telling about herself. I, I also would say in this particular case, and you and Jody did a wonderful podcast about this is me dot Thanks. dot uh, now a love story. I also talked about it on the big picture. This is a case where either the artist is more interesting than the art and or the artist is in fact the art. Mm. And That's then an interesting point. And then the art in the in the form of this album and this uh, musical film are like secondary art or the I, I, like the vessel through which the artist gets to express herself. Sure. I don't know. I found this to be way the most compelling of this, of the three parts of this project. What about you? What's the first part? The record? Yeah. 
Okay, so the part one is the record. Part two is the narrative musical, not mm-hmm. a music video, which is also available on Prime Video. Just want to note that's a runtime of 50 minutes. That's part mm-hmm. two of this. And part three is this documentary, which is in about an hour and 25 minutes. Just felt it was important to note that the documentary is longer than the product that it's chronicling. I find Jennifer Lopez, like you said, just absolutely entrancing. I will say I tired of the story she was telling by the end of this is uh, the greatest love story never told. But like, I, I I also very much watch this through the lens of follow up to halftime, which is available on Netflix. And we also Mm -hmm. discussed at length and she does not mention by name, certainly would not mention a product that she's not currently trying to sell. But I think it's very much implied by the fact that this ended up on Amazon and not on Netflix that that relationship either soured or that project in some ways is like compromised compared to what she's trying to do now. I think we'll get into that because it also plays into the timeline of what she's capturing. And, you know, she's very oblique about the men in her life other than the current man, Ben Affleck. But she's clearly referencing them with frustration. At one point, she doesn't say, I was in an abusive relationship, but she talks about depicting an abusive relationship and how that is hard for her based on her past. She does name Mark Anthony as one of her exes, which is like totally fine because that's, you know, part of the legal record. That's one of the funniest scenes that I... I the biggest I, L I, possible for Anthony Ramos. I didn't I just text cannot. you when I watched it because I was like, I'm just going to save it for this podcast. But I was I, dying. Yeah. It was really, and he doesn't speak. They show her on the phone with him. He clearly didn't agree to speak. Yes. He clearly was not yeah. like you may, he clearly said you may not use that in the doc because everyone else on the phone, if you are able to hear them, you do. Yeah. So Anthony Ramos, who many of you may know as the original Broadway cast member of Hamilton, he played John Lawrence and Alexander Hamilton's son. He also is in one one of my favorite pieces of media, which is the short musical 21 Chump Street, which was a musical Lin-Manuel Miranda created for This American Life. You can watch it all on YouTube. He was also the star of In the Heights. Which is how Jennifer Lopez named him as the star of In the Heights, which made me wonder if she has seen Hamilton or at least saw him in Hamilton. Um, It is such a bigger deal. And also, by the way, he's like very good in Hamilton. Also, I am like very aware of him because he was in like a showmance. He was in a, like a relationship with one of his co-stars in Hamilton. They were engaged and then they broke up. And I, I think a lot of people ended up being a team Jasmine in that breakup. And so for her to sort of like decide to include an offhanded conversation she has with one of her producers about how he declined to be in it because he's friends with Mark and showing her saying to him, I didn't know you were friends with Mark. That's fine. And like very, the way that she says, that's, that's nice. She's like, you know, he's the father of my kids, but it's just like barely holding it. Not even barely holding together. She's completely in control. She's just like, I don't really care about this, but I'm going to be like, you know, tiny bit polite. There are, there's not really a villain in this story. I would say it's more, much more about like the artist, (laughs) but if there were to be villains, it would be like micro villains. And it is for the five minutes of this conversation. And it's Mark Anthony and, and Anthony Ramos, really yeah. Anthony Ramos. It's really, it's a, really it's funny. A, it's exhilarating. That was for me, it was the most exhilarating moment. Anyway, back to sort of the big picture of it all. I feel JLo is like really special. Jody said this on our pod. She is not the best at anything except being JLo. Yeah. And to get the full JLo experience in three parts between album, 
musical, narrative musical, and like self-documentary. I don't want to call it hagiography because it's not that, but it is like a self-documentary that, you know, she and, and Ben Affleck are like heavily involved in the making of, including him doing some of her, you know, shooting some of her sit-down interviews. It's so fascinating. She's really one of one at this point. And another thing I found really exhilarating in it was her including Jane Fonda's hesitation to be involved in the project and Jane Fonda speaking really for all of us, but particularly you and me. Yes. In which Jane Fonda explained that she's like heavily invested in her and Ben and the pictures are making her nervous and she's not sure this is a good idea. And you, I'm, and Jane Fonda literally cites the photos at the Grammys and she's like, I see the photos at the Grammys and I'm like, what's happening? Which is just like uh, hilarious because we did that exact thing. But it is really funny to imagine Jane Fonda also looking at, you know, TikToks from the Grammys. I thought the... The parallels drawn drawn between J-Lo and Jane Fonda were very savvy and I was very smart in whoever is editing this documentary. Obviously, they like work together in Mother-in-Law. They have like- I think we know who's editing it. Yeah, I I do believe that Husband of the Year, Ben Affleck, is involved in many forms of production. And, And I, let's wait to talk about the cameras, but I can't wait to talk about the camera lenses. Okay. We're going to talk about Ben Affleck last because he's secondary. So yeah. We'll come back to him. We'll save all ben, ben Affleck commentary for closer but to the end. So, you know, you and I are huge Jane Fonda fans. If you've not read Jane Fonda's autobiography, what a read. Incredible. And, you know, and, and a similar story of someone who has been very, very in the spotlight, both professionally. I mean, obviously like an, an acclaimed actor. And I think probably like... Well, I don't know. Jayla's is great and out of sight, and I'm not going to say anything to it. But maybe well, Jane Fonda ach- achieved more prestige. Yeah, but I think that it took her a long time. Jane Fonda took her a long time to get there, and we say that as like, you know, the generation behind Jane Fonda. I think yeah. that they both were really underestimated and not given like the benefit of like the intellectual doubt and sure. And like their ideas were not given a lot of credence. Also, they're both really hot. And so I think that sure. allowed and, people and to so like underestimate them. Yeah. And and their personal lives and their marriages were also very much in the spotlight, sometimes by their own doing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think just by nature of how the world works and our interests. You know, Jane Fonda has also been like very, very politically active in a way that like you mentioned halftime. There is a whole segment in that about uh, what Jayla worked into the halftime show in terms of the, the kids in cages. So I, she's not at Jane Fonda's level on the, on the political not. stuff, but almost no one is. But there are similarities. And For sure. so I think it was like very interesting to try to position and, and savvy to position JLo in that sort of like a personality and a phenomenon almost who also has a lot to say as an artist or a business person or, you know, or, or whatever. I I think it was was also savvy because it allowed a third party to express doubt about this project overall. Right. Whereas like almost all the celebrity docs these days just completely lack that, even if they're really fun, like Beckham or whatever, but like having a third party with the, with the heft of Jane Fonda, like really contributes a lot to the movie. To be fair, Almost every single person in this documentary, besides Jennifer Lopez, is like, I don't know what's going on. Ben Affleck (laughs) is on camera being like, yes, I had some reservations about my private love, you know, my private story being told. And also that all of her 
musician friends were reading the love the, letters. The love letters? That was actually like upsetting to me. I really, okay. I really, I was upset. So set the scene, set the scene. So in like act one of the, of the film, JLo is still working on the album and she explains how she got ins- a lot of inspiration from this gift that Ben Affleck gave her, which was a giant binder, kind of like a messy one in a really sweet way. It wasn't like a, like a, like a professionally printed book, but it was like a binder of all of their correspondence, our, all of their love letters, emails, whatever to each other over the last 20 plus years. And it was called The Greatest Love Story Never Told. And, and it's handwritten. It's handwritten. And it's by, like a and really... It's by Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck is, you know, is the cover. It's like a really, really romantic gift. It's really, yeah. really sweet. And so, so one, she... Hold on, yes. I have one follow-up question about the book. So, okay. uh, which I'm just like, this is honestly like an incredibly charming romantic gift. He gave it like the first... Christmas that they were back together. Yeah, it's perfect. It's literally perfect. It's hard. It's like, it's like feel scripted. It's so good. Sure. So he mentions that it's like all of the love letters from like and emails from then and now. So, so let's talk about the emails for a second. So I just imagine the room. Is it Ben Affleck setting up like his home printer and printing out all the emails himself one by one? Is he outsourcing that? I think Is it he's being doing it printed? Himself. It, okay. And he's, do you think he's doing it at home? Yeah. Is it like being remember, sent somewhere and FedExed back to him? I, remember I do COVID, remember the home office. Yeah. yeah. The COVID home office. I just imagine him doing it in there. Ben Affleck being like the home printer of the family is really soothing to Tracks me. Tracks with the yeah. other things we saw. Yeah. But it's, it's also just endlessly entertaining. Anyway. The, the book appears in the documentary because. Because she brings it basically to like her writer's room, like her fellow songwriters and producers. And they use the letters and read them aloud for inspiration for the songs. And this, is, this to me seems like a huge violation, but he gives a soundbite where he's basically like, there's not enough attention. He essentially said there's no, not enough attention in the world to like fill Jen up. And this is just sort of like part of what she does. She lives her life publicly. Right. And I, they have to really love each other because that's like a huge deal, I think. <laughs> or at least it would be for me. He, I mean, he does express, he was like, I was, and he does it in like a funny self-deprecating way. He's like, I went in and he was like, oh, so they're reading the letters, you know, but he expresses that he was taken aback. He also says that all of the younger musicians call him Penn Affleck, which is just so funny. Really, really funny. That is so funny and embarrassing. So God bless him for putting up with it, you know? I just feel like this has to be hard for their kids. I hope their kids don't watch this. I just feel like if I am one of their kids, I'm just like, what does this mean for all the time that you spent apart when like you were with my pa- other parent? Even if that's been addressed and like maybe it has been and like, you know, by all public accounts, they are really like committed to co-parenting in healthy ways and whatever. I just feel like this has got to be hard. That was one of my other takeaways um, is like, it's just got to be confusing and like challenging to navigate. Yeah. It's one of those things how, you know how you don't want to see a teacher, your teacher, like outside of school. Yeah, yes, You know, definitely. you run into your teacher, like at a restaurant or Target or something. And that's like really upsetting. I think there's a line with parents too. And it's like, it I, you want your parents to be happy to live full lives, but like we've maybe gone too far in trying to like understand each other or at least to understand our parents. I don't know. Sometimes I just want parents to be parents. So I hope the kids just don't watch it. You Me know? too. I really hope it's they like, don't watch it. It doesn't, it doesn't totally apply to them. They don't, they don't need to know. And 
they can just let their parents be parents. Yeah. And it, and I will say, like, their families are really not in this. Like, Jennifer Lopez mentions her kids a few times, and obviously the Anthony Ramos conversation. So they're clearly, like, you know, trying to draw some lines. But nevertheless, that just seemed really hard. But the Penn Affleck thing was just so funny. I I think what's just really, like, remarkable about this film is J-Lo is J-Lo all the time. Like, she's mm-hmm. never, like... She actually is, like, very authentic. And, like, what you see is who she is. And I don't know. I found that, like, exciting, too. I enjoyed that we we did get a lot of, like, off hours Jennifer Mm -hmm. Lopez, which is to say she's in sweatpants with the hair in a bun and, and looks, like, astonishingly beautiful with seemingly no makeup it's it might be like i mean there there's a lot of um highlighter you know yeah. she's always glowing and uh, it looks great so if that's what jlo beauty is selling like maybe i'll invest in some you know it worked on me mm-hmm. but i i loved all of the stuff at home all of the meetings all of the you know random brainstorming and like the sense of to your point like She's always J-Lo. This is a, a thing that she is very committed to and is like always kind of working and always has the bedazzled water cup and always like has ideas. It, we also get probably my favorite genre of documentary, which is like extremely successful person telling other people that the work isn't good enough. Yeah, it's very Beyonce. It's it's very Beyonce, but I always... I I just thrill to it. In this case, it was, I thought of you because it was a production meeting <laughs> and it was about budgets. And I thought she gave like some firm but encouraging guidelines. She was like, this is not an option. And it sounds like you guys have some more work to do on that front. She was very direct about it, but not mean. No. Just, just very firm and setting she, the expectation. She seems like a very caring, empathic person while yeah. also... It has to be self-centered, but that's okay. Yeah. I mean... It's just, it's just what it is. She's definitely self-centered, but she clearly likes everyone that she works with, likes being yeah. around people. The amount of feedback that she gave about the texture of mud was another real highlight for me. Well, The conversation like goes on for some time. I liked that because it's so specific to like what her experience is going to be. She's like, yeah. I'm going to be in this. So, yeah. <laughs> but it's she's like, she's specific. driving, she's being driven away and the like car comes back for her to be like, so we need to add a little more water. Like it's like a 90 second conversation that she like doubles back on about the texture of the mud that she'll be dancing in and like how these people should mix the mud differently in order to meet her needs. I really liked when the conveyor belt wasn't ready for one of their rehearsals. Oh, so good. And she was like, again, not rude, not mean, so displeased. I've never seen displeasure on a person's face as clearly. I have. And I thought a lot about Beyonce being like, well, I Googled it and actually that size camera lens does exist. And it did make me think, I, I, I thought a lot about Beyonce and in that moment. And I was like, if this were Beyonce, they would get it working today, you know? <laughs> and, and it's like, that's the struggle of Jennifer Lopez, like not quite being Beyonce, but still trying, you know? And they, they apologized. They said they would get it working as soon as possible, but it was not going to be ready that day. 
So it, yeah, it, it it actually was pretty remarkable to see so many people not taking her seriously. And I yeah. love. I also loved when she just lit people up by saying all the people who turned her down, and yeah. also landing on the note of Khloe Kardashian, like sort of like the final. And, and she got the most attention. The other people I can remember who like couldn't. She was like she passed on James Corden because Trevor Noah said yes. She went over a bunch of a b- bunch of other names, but like the one I that wrote really- some down. Here's oh, the let's, original. Let's hear. Taylor yeah. Swift is a no. Mm-hmm. Jason Momoa is not available. Jennifer Coolidge is not available. Lizzo is not available. Those are all bummers. And there was a lot of like, they love you, but they just can't make it happen. Yeah. And then, and then who was the, oh, Derek Huff was supposed right. to be in a wedding. And she was like, who's wedding? I love that. <laughs> that was so funny. But that one they made work because he that showed one they up. Made, that one they made work. He was really confused when he arrived. I like... You know, uh, can we just have our Post Malone moment? Because, you know, Post Malone fan sure. over here. Yeah. He, he really shined in this in this film. I mean, he Chugging just Bud fun. Light being like, yes, ma'am. Chugging Bud Light. I'll try, like, kind ma'am. Of, kind yeah. of flirting with Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I'd like to get him and Jane Fonda and actually in a room together. That would yeah. be so funny. Yeah. I love that Neil deGrasse Tyson did it, especially because he was so condescending in his interviews. He was like, the, the universe doesn't care about you. Right. But but then he also gives like the entire the kicker for the entire project of like explaining Stardust and how yeah. we are all Stardust and Miraculous. And I was thinking a lot about like the interview setup that led him there. And do you think that after a while of him talking about how no one cares, they were like, could you just give us something magical? Do you know anything about, you know, Stardust and how we're all connected or whatever? Maybe Stardust was just like a topic they wanted to hit and he yeah. fortunately delivered. Okay. That was my read on that. But it was like, it was just pretty interesting to see everyone in- underestimating her. And I also thought like one thing that was pretty interesting about this was that her mark on the project is indelible, undeniable. But she is not the director and she is not like the only credited producer you see her like accepting help pushing the people around her but like also accepting Mm -hmm. help and like deferring in ways which i think also makes her singular because it doesn't it's like not usually like the image of power that people want to project so i thought that was like really interesting and honest and i also appreciated it she really features benny medina Mm -hmm. and also her longtime producer elaine elaine and allows them both moments of doubt and like even the last of frustration. I really enjoy the moment where Elaine is like sitting there read singing like random snippets of the songs and JLo is in the background, just looking incredibly annoyed, but not saying anything, but then also allows them to be enforcers. You see the moment of Elaine being like, no, we need the budget for this. Not that you're going to fix it. You see the moment of Benny Medina being like, this is not a music video. Please stop calling it a music video. Uh, that whoever that producer was, I you He's, know he, he messed up many times. He, he learned, he, yeah, he learned his lesson. He was sort of the foil of the documentary. Yeah, he's lucky Anthony Ramos was was featured in name <laughs> in name only. Otherwise, he'd be the biggest loser of the of the film. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I don't want to step on the Ben Affleck segment, but she really features Ben Affleck's many contributions uh, in every phase it. of this project. He's such a big part of it. It's wild. Just a side note. I definitely have consumed a lot of Ben Affleck media. I've listened to him on the Bill Simmons podcast. I've seen probably all of his movies. New voice? Was he doing some voice work? What's going on with middle-aged Ben Affleck's voice here? Is it a choice? Is it an evolution? Is this Batman? Like, what's going on? 
I do think the Batman work maybe changes your vocal cords mm, a little okay. bit, you okay. know? Did you notice that or is this just me being a psycho? I didn't totally notice it. Uh, or if I did, I ascribed it to the fact that like, I don't know that he was always miked, but the camera, you know, would just catch him everywhere and all the material and all the sweaters were so good. I mean, Ben Affleck's sweater collection is is really quite something. And Jordan's, always wearing Jordan's. Yeah. So I'm not sure I noticed the voice necessarily. I noted the cadence, which was like slightly reluctant, but also so wonderfully supportive and encouraging. I like what some of the reasons that I suspect he's, you know, has a hand in all parts of this process is like one of the greatest edits of all time for Ben Affleck, you know? Yeah. I mean, he and, doesn't, and, and this is like we're the core audience, right? We're yeah, we are the he, core audience, like a, a tall, yeah. handsome man who knows what he's doing, supporting his wife, supporting his wife, like in the background in like a nice sweater, you know? Yeah, maybe slightly too loud the sweater, but that's but that's okay because he's Ben Affleck. Yeah, it's fine. It rained a lot last winter, so he he needed it. Yeah, I mean, let's just go through the major Ben Affleck moments beat by okay. beat here. And, okay. and I just want to note there, Ben and J Lo. It's the moments in which she decided to feature him. Let's just assume. Yeah. Number one, sitting on the couch, laptop in his lap, iPad on on a holder and hers, and they're working on the script. And he also tells her, "None of this. You're not pretty. You're very. We all know you're pretty. That kind of thing." I mean. This is also when he... I'm, I'm speechless. That's that's Amanda, that's Amanda filling in for me because I'm speechless. I, I sent... This is when I texted you the first time. I te- I texted our, our J-Lo group chat just to say like J-Lo and Ben riding together on the couch is beautiful to me, which it is. He's also making fun of her because he's, he's like, you want to play younger even in your autobiography. And she's like, it's not an autobiography, but they're joking. And she's, you know, she's like, Poppy, this isn't about you and me. And he's like, yeah, but you're just still trying. He's like, it's an autobiography, except it's like younger. It's she really makes her, very funny. She makes herself 28 in the, yeah. in like the first part of this is me. That, this is me now. And that was his age when they broke yeah. up, not hers, which he what she points out. He's very, he's very funny. And, and, and like I, the, I do the like way how, he points, yeah, yeah the, the shorthand and then they start making fun of each other. It's really charming. It's really charming. I also like how they use that moment for to like show how much she was like, this is not about us. It's like inspired by us, but this is not our story. It was, I thought that was like smart storytelling of like yeah. a, good, a good way of like sliding that in. Right. And it also like, they do cut to a shot of final draft and it's like Ben Affleck like typing things in and her being like, no, that's not, this isn't about us. <laughs> <laughs> really, really, really delightful. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. 
With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped, now streaming only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold slurpy drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven, and your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small slurpy drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that about me going forward. Anytime there's a drink like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1725? 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, participating U.S. stores, see app for full terms, all rights reserved. I would say the next major Ben Affleck moment, and if I'm in, you know, interject as I might be wrong, yeah, is when one of the men who plays uh, the husbands is like really excited to see Ben Affleck and tells him how great he was in Armageddon. Yes, yeah, and starts singing "Leaving on a Jet Plane" to him. Yeah, and Ben Affleck Which, doesn't know what to do. And I just think that like Ben, and also told, and the guy also said that Ben Affleck was his favorite Batman, and J Lo just sort of like lets him have the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was yeah. great. You know, I think the most ridiculous parts that you have to assume Ben Affleck advocated for was when you see him like putting a different lens on the camera at home, uh, which brings us to the cameras, which you alluded to. Right. This this might be the most important 15 seconds of documentary footage recorded. This, certainly this <laughs> year. Maybe the second. To, to Amanda. <laughs> to Amanda. In terms of articulating what I wake up and face every day. And it's it's a photo they're on a on a lot somewhere on a day of production and Jennifer Lopez is wandering past all the trucks filled with cameras and lenses and other equipment and it's just like why am I paying for all of this like who needs all you know just like that costs money and what's that back there that costs money and Ben turns on like you know nerdy director Ben and he hops in the truck and he's like oh so this is this lens and this is this lens and this is this lens and he just keeps going and Jennifer Everman is like I can't believe I'm paying for this and then he keeps explaining them and she's just like I don't care I don't care about the lenses and I just I've never related more I've never related more I've never related more to anything in my life it was so so funny and charming and then it cuts to them sitting on a truck and she is talking about her fears in filmmaking and and I, he gives like what I thought was like a very lovely and supportive speech about like his experience and, and what she's feeling and why she's doing it right. And the DNA is OK. I, I was like, that, that is a great pep talk. This is a great it partnership. Was. It was a great pep talk. It was very sweet. It was very loving. And he, you know. She was like, sorry, I'm not an award-winning director. And he's yeah, like, well, yeah. if I was a gymnast and like talks yeah. about like something he doesn't have experience with. And then that moment is capped off by J-Lo seeing the guru arrive on the lot. And she runs off the truck and like flags him down to say hi because she's really excited the guru has arrived. Yeah. They call him the guru. So I'll be calling him the guru. It was just kind of perfect. That's like the full experience of like 
teasing each other, pep talk, J-Lo just being J-Lo of just sort of yeah. like, that's that's the full Monty here. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's it, really, really it good. All. It was really good. Also, she, to your point but from before, for that whole sequence, she's in like really baggy sweats, but like her hair and makeup looks really good. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, Kind of well, I I did notice like kind of gradations of mm-hmm. the the J Lo look. Mm-hmm. There was like the true at home, which was sweats, hair, no up, extensions, no extensions, and um, you know, I I think like a lot of highlighter. You know, she great. I mean, beautiful person, great skin, and then but just kind of like a glowy home look, but like no eye makeup. And then there was the going to rehearsals look where the hair and makeup was more done mm-hmm. and she's in maybe like dressy sweats, you yeah. know, or like, or, you know, dressy wardrobe for, for rehearsals, et cetera. And then she, as she says herself, then there is like, you know, at one point she's doing hair and makeup and they finish with the extensions and she's like, there's JLo, you yeah. know? Yeah. Cause she's like, it's a character that I created. And so, yeah, I, you know, I appreciated the full, the full range Nobody has ever looked better in a crop top t-shirt than Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. It's like the perfect top for her. She looks really good. I understand why she wears them a lot. It like yeah. flatters her body in a really impressive way. I really noticed that. I was like, wow, she looks really good in these t-shirts. She should get some from the great. They make some good ones that I think she would like. The whole documentary really reinforced to me the lesson in... You know, you can also put effort into your home clothes, you know, sure. and yes. you're and there is such a thing. There are like nice home sweats and then there are nice dressy sweats and then there's the full glam, you know, and the true stars are paying attention at all levels. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So that, she always it, looks great. All that was very impressive. One thing I didn't realize that Fat Joe brought to the forefront was it's been 18 years since she made an album. I'm just kind of like, what she been doing for 18 years? I mean, to me, you know, new music came out a few years ago with the incredible hit Church from the film Marry Me. Sure. There hasn't been like a J-Lo record in so long. I really didn't realize that. Just because she's been omnipresent. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, she has like 85 businesses, Mm -hmm. American Idol films, as you you mentioned. So, and, you know, she says very like knowingly and self-deprecatingly in one of the interviews, like, nobody's clamoring for a new JLo album, you know, like I didn't have to do this. I wanted to, but I, I was also taken aback that it was this long. It's also the last record was, this is me dot, dot, dot then, which I would just like to ask about the naming of that. Mm -hmm. This is me. Then is that Mm -hmm. what they called it back then? I think so. Yeah. That's strange. You know, like that's weird. I don't know the lyrics well enough, and I'm pretty sure that On the Six is my favorite J-Lo album. Um, Feeling So Good is definitely my favorite J-Lo song. I'm feeling so good. And, oh, yeah. And Waiting for Tonight, I would say, is like second to that. So Sure. You know, I, I mean, that I was think, just like TRL. You and exactly. I were at the exact yes. right age. I've seen that video. That was the Puff Daddy 85,000 times. If, yeah. If I recall love correctly. it. Really important. So, yeah. I, I can't really answer that, Amanda. I would also say like some of her other artistic ideas I think could be improved, but whatever. She's JLo. She's doing her thing. Yeah. I want to talk about her exes. And I also want to ask you some questions about the music narrative musical, but did you feel there were moments in the, in this film where you could pinpoint who she was talking about other than the Anthony Ramos conversation? Not really. If only because 
I don't have them all memorized. You know, like I do remember at one point I was watching this documentary and I was like, oh my God, remember when she dated A-Rod and they were engaged and they were like on the cover of Vanity Fair. And we honestly we had talked a great about time it. with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Their that Vegas was like very funny. Going to Vegas sure. Theater. And like she was in the booth at like during the World Series, like presenting him with a birthday cake. But, you know, that is like many Jennifer Lopez's ago to me now. So well, I, I remember some of them. Obviously, I remember Mark Anthony. I remember the dancer. Yeah, like I can't name her other two husbands off the top of my head. And I also didn't don't care enough to Google them. Sorry, right. to Jan Session listeners. But I actually think that most of this, I, I don't really have like a lot of like evidence for this, but I think most of it is not about A-Rod and is a lot about, is like, obviously she talked about it's like focusing on the three husbands, but I also just feel like that chapter, like coming out of that chapter is captured in halftime. Yes. And so it's sort of like, doesn't necessarily need to be like remind. And I feel like the, like the hustlers moment, like we was like so recent. It seems like she really was like going back further. And I don't know. I just, I just thought that was like kind of interesting because the, also just as like a Bravo fan, the dissolution of JLo and A-Rod like looms so large for me because it's tied to Southern charm. And so, Oh, right. I forgot about that. So like, you're right. Like, and I, I like periodically, I would say I like forget about it, but like pretty frequently I'm like, can you believe Craig Conover is really, is responsible for JLo and Ben Affleck? And so, you know, and maybe they're meant to be And and Neil deGrasse Tyson would say, we're all just stardust. And JLo would say this was meant to be. So who cares about Craig Conover? But for me, that is like kind of, I think about it frequently also because Craig's arc is remarkable. Right. I think also because the framing of the album, the musical film, this documentary for sure, um, is so tied to Ben Affleck and he's a character and he's interviewing her throughout a lot of this experience, including like at one point he asked her like, do you forgive me for, mm-hmm. you know, everything that happened, which, you know, I, I actually thought was pretty charming. And he gives an a you know an amazing tying it all together soundbite where he's like I didn't realize he's like when I saw the film and when I heard the album I was like oh this was inspired in large part by our breakup and so much of this you know and everything is working back towards our like our breakup and everything that we each had to go through you know to get to where we are. So I guess I was so focused on that that I didn't spend a lot of time. You're right. I meant to Google who the don't care the the, the herd husband was. I'd like but then I f- like forgot to and now here we are recording a podcast and I don't care either. So Question. yeah, I did, yes. What does Ben Affleck have to apologize for? Not sticking with the relationship? Well, I, you know, I, I think they both crumbled under the pressure. He mm-hmm. talks pretty eloquent. Another great soundbite. I, you know, it does make me wonder, did they do his interview last knowing like what spots they needed to fill in terms of A good director quotes? would. A good director would. And he, he nailed it, but he gives, you know, an, I think like an amazing, insightful, very moving quote about like the this hurdles that both of them have. And he talks about for me, like, you know, I'm trying to fill this hole with alcohol and there is not enough alcohol in the world to fill it all up. And with Jennifer, it's it's attention. She feels that she was emotionally neglected. And so she has to learn herself that there's like no amount of likes, no amount of things that is going to fill that hole. And I was like, wow, that's like really perceptive. That's a lot. And it's lovely. very yeah. effective therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Therapy, therapy does work. But so... 
you know, 20 years ago, I don't think either of them had been in therapy, you know, so more in that way. And I like, I don't think that he was sober at the time. So, you know, presumably they both, it didn't work out and they both have things that they're doing differently now. Right. It's actually interesting. So you mentioned that, like, obviously she writes love addicts and like the sort of LAA meeting into the narrative musical. And he references his own alcoholism. She never references anything about his struggles other than like the attention, which I think is also like interesting. I wonder if that's just because it's not part of her narrative, not, not her story to tell or like, I I don't know. I had a third. I now forget it, but I just find that sort of interesting or maybe that's just like her taking care of him in a way or like that's what she thinks private. But I thought that was kind of noteworthy just because it's like an allusion to it in the, in the, in the music. I choose to interpret it as like respectful and Mm -hmm. her doing the boundaries of like, this is, and she also says like, this is not autobiography. It's, you know, meta, whatever. And you know, ultimately they say the lesson, both of them say the lesson is about like learning to love yourself so that you can experience, you know, other things. Mm-hmm. So it's about her, not about him, I, I I guess. Right. So I get it. I, I'm choosing not to take the cynical spin on that one. I was just, yeah, I think it's like noteworthy. I, don't, I think, I don't really know what the, what the answer is to that, but I sort of, I guess also like just for me, like we were kids basically when they broke up, but yeah, like the awareness of Ben Affleck as an alcoholic is like relatively recent and really was like hid from public view. But that also might be a reflection of like the media and how I, people I, were. We like also covered. like, yeah, we also talk about substance issues. We understand and talk about them very differently than we did 20 years ago. Yeah. I mean, there were like interviews that he did at the time where you're like, Oh, okay. Something is, something is yeah. off here, but we yeah. just, we have a different understanding. Right. Which for the for the better, I would say. How does JLo's love of camp and her embrace of camp work for you, Amanda, as someone who does not really like musicals? So does she have a love of camp? Or does she have her taste? And, and it's we, campy. And it's campy, and we all define it as such. I'm not sure. I here here's what I'll say. I think that the music is made more interesting by the musical film. Mm, I definitely agree. And so I think it's like savvy to find a, a new way to present what what I think are like perfectly fine, but not exactly like world shattering mm-hmm. songs respectfully. And I think to me, the musical film is made far more interesting by the meta narrative around it and then the documentary. And I give Jennifer Lopez credit for knowing that the meta story and that she, the person is kind of, is the selling point, you know, like they did release the documentary. She is like in on the backstory on, you know, on the, on the whole project. So I like, I think that's really interesting and savvy. I, as I said, by far enjoyed the documentary the most of the three um, because it's just, it's not totally my taste. There was We're a tail- plenty. I mean, it's tailor-made for you and me. I mean, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I like, I watched the the film with interest and thought it was like, I really appreci- appreciated how specifically zany it was. Mm-hmm. It was like one person's 
idea, you know, like, and there were so many specific things like the Zodiac Council and all of them making the jokes. I was like, what is this? But also this is like from a human being with ideas and interests, you know, and also it's, it's really memorable. Like, yeah, it works. It's the thing that's the best. Th- it's the best thing from that. Totally. Well, you know, and like the thing of her on the couch doing all of Barbara's lines from the way we were, mm-hmm. I-, I was like, that is a very specific, funny thing. Also, and a knowing thing to include. Also, her wearing the Barbara Streisand shirt. Yeah. In the dock. Yeah. I mean, it's like, do I understand the whole like hearts and flowers thing? Like, and the mechanical heart? Like, no, I don't really get that. I, whatever. I thought the, the wedding music video where really like, good. The, the three heads, it's like great concept, really well executed. That she song looks is probably incredible. my favorite song. She looks Definitely. incredible. And I was like, oh, you know, you the best choreography for sure. You could have done this as a standalone music video and it like, it has an idea. It would have been memorable, but I liked that it had all of this kind of weirdo stuff attached to it. And, and it's also, you know, I think like a smart strategic decision. It's very hard to release music right now. It's very hard to get any sort of attention. And this certainly did. Like, I don't yeah. think you and I would be talking about this if it were just totally a new Jennifer Lopez album, like featuring a song called Dear Ben. We would have been like, okay, she made a song. Wish them the best. Have you watched any of her press tour? Like for her doing like the New York late, like the New York talk show circuit, including Fallon and Kelly Clarkson. And I have whatever. not. Please tell me everything. It's just interesting. It's like now that we've gotten so much access to her in the doc, she seems like reserved. She's totally gracious. She plays along, but like, it's definitely like, you know, it's outside of her control. It's sort of like she's beyond the talk show circuit. And even though Kelly Clarkson and and she have like a really nice rapport she tells kelly clarkson like she's her favorite vocalist um jennifer lopez is on american idol kelly clarkson on the voice sure, like, you know yeah. they sort of like have that like she just kind of seems bored to me and it's just interesting like she's so much less engaged it's so much more perfunctory than like this work and i think you know it's definitely in some ways like it's complicated to see celebrities and artists kind of like be able to own the way they promote stuff and like control access with such, such tight gates these days. But then on the flip side, you get something like this three part drop from Jennifer Lopez and you feel like you really get to know her on her own terms. And she's so likable that it feels like I'm like ready to buy in. Like, I feel like this is just a really different conversation than we had about like Britney Spears memoir, for example, which is filled with sadness. So it's quite different. Right. But also like, it's kind of reflecting on a similar time period. I was just thinking about how Dave Myers is so familiar to me from MTV, my MTV similar to like waiting for tonight. And so it's just interesting to think about like the, how all these different projects are received. Cause we do really like go deep on them. I do think the, this project is very controlled, you know, it yeah. is. And, and we know that. And the fact that it's so acknowledged of how, controlled and specific and and Jennifer Lopez is paying for all of it and deciding for all of it. And, you know, and there's like one shot of her eating a single Dorito, you know, and you're just like, mm-hmm. oh, sure. Yeah. She's just like us. She eats a Dorito for oh, the Dorito. camera. Yeah. I have, I have one at a time yeah, as well. It was one. Um, but there is, you also know for all of that control and managing, you also know that she is in control of it. And, and the Britney project, which she did, she worked with ghostwriters, but, you know, theoretically that was from her, but so much of that story is about a person not having any control and being lost in all of this narrative. And I think 
it's hard to watch any Britney stuff or consume any Britney, Britney content with, without worrying about that. And mm-hmm. and there is something when you know the person is so involved in making all the decisions, it does at least the, relieve that that concern the tension, of, yeah. of exploitation. Now there there are trade offs from it for sure. Like this is really managed, but it's fun. I think that's the main difference. Is yeah. This is like all fun and kind of like feels lower stakes than like yeah the Britney stuff. I just I, I you know I don't think it's like really a great comparison, but I was just thinking it's kind of like of a piece of some of the stuff we've been engaging with yeah, over the last couple of years. Like, you know, and you're right to point out like it, it is more and more these things come out from the artist and you're seeing only what they decide that you want to see. I think it can be revealing anyway, you know? Like I still sure. even halftime was the also produced by Jennifer Lopez and the Golden Globes thing. I'll never forget it. Totally. You know? And it's like by seeing the choices they've made of what they want you to know, you get to mm-hmm. understand like what they value, how they're crafting their persona, what they think right. is shareable, what is not. Like right. there is definitely like a tell, but yeah, it just, it changes things. But like, you know, I'm not even sure, like, I don't, I'm not like really advocating for like the celebrity press of like the late eighties or early nineties or whatever, which um, maybe it was in some ways like less virulent or like harsh towards women than like in the 2001 or whatever. But yeah, there, there are trade-offs. I don't know. It's, it's just, it's just like definitely like worth noting how we get the information, like how we're getting to know JLo these days. But yeah, I do. F- I, I Check if you, your sources funny. always yeah. know your sources. It just sort of like circling back to the late night stuff or the talk shows her good. She just was like definitely having less fun. Like it's more fun for her to like make what she make her art as she calls it than it is to like promote it. So yeah, she likes performing. She doesn't like and like if she can make performance promotion, she's game. Pure promotion seems to be a lot less pleasant for her. Yeah. Well, I think it would for me too. So I get it. I encourage everyone to watch this documentary because I had a fun time. I I really did as well. It's what a world that they've created. I mean, I'll, I'll, I, the beating heart, I really will never forget as well as her in the, like the short wedding dress is that choreography yeah. is just phenomenal. So th- those are lasting images for me. Ben Affleck just nerding out over cameras and her being like, I don't care. A lasting, a, it's a, a lasting idea for me. Yeah. JLo, so. we love it. Thank you to our producer, Jade Whaley. And we will be back next week. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.